0: Soundly. So, right now, our listeners get thirty percent off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to Headspace.com/sleeppod for thirty percent off your subscription, but only until May twelfth. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to Headspace.com/sleeppod today.
1: Yeah, you know this is really that area where it gets. I mean, there's a fear there. I, I definitely felt it for, for a long time. I still kind of do, uh, you know, um, j- you know, the fear of, of hiring. And I mean, it's a financial responsibility, but it's-
0: You're listening to Brian Castle, who was actually a previous guest on the show back way back three years ago in episode 158. I wanted to invite him back to talk more about this topic of how to take your service-based business, something that you do on an hourly basis with somebody. You build clients, you work with them one-on-one. How do you take- an offering like that and turn it into something that's more like a product, something that that can be scaled and automated. And that's where this whole fear thing uh, was coming from because, you know, we've had a lot of people ask, well, let's bring back Brian to talk more about productizing. So that's exactly what we did. So we have Brian back on the show with us. You can find him at productizeandscale.com, also the Productize podcast on iTunes. And we just have a great conversation getting into the weeds of how to do all this, how to get over the fear of hiring and being a manager for the first time so that you're not the ones doing the work anymore, but you have people do that or software or other tools that can do it for you so that you can get a little bit more time back, work on the more bigger decisions in your business or take some time off and let your business run for you. So we'll get into that, but first, cue the music. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, one of his goals in life is to meet Elon Musk, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 314 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. You haven't clicked subscribe yet. I recommend you do that right now. In your device, just click subscribe and then you're in because we got a lot of great stuff for you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pat Flynn. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And to help us do that even more today, we have Brian Castle on the show who was featured way back in 158 of the podcast, who's back on now. I invited him back on due to popularity requests, not popularity requests. He's He, I'm sure, is a popular guy, but uh, Due to popular request, there we go, I invited him back to talk even more in depth about this topic of taking a service-based business, something that you do with clients one-on-one, how to take that offering and turn it into something more automated and scalable. And again, you can find Brian at productizeandscale.com. So let's not wait any further. Let's dive right into the interview today. Here he is, Brian Castle. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, I wanna welcome back Brian Castle to the show. What's up, Brian? Hey, Pat. Great to be back. Yeah, this is great. So I was just saying to you right before we started recording, uh, four days from today, the day that we we record this, is your three-year anniversary of when you were last on the show in episode 158. So happy anniversary, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Man, time flies. I didn't realize it's been that long. Very cool. It's definitely been a while, and I know a lot has changed since then, but- this, this term productize, I know we discussed it in episode 158, and obviously I'll link to that in the show notes, but I wanted to have you kind of define what that is exactly and, and why this, the stuff that we're talking about, is going to be useful for people so we can make sure they understand why they need to continue to listen. So what does is, what is productizing even mean?
1: Yeah, so you know, productizing or productized services, productized consulting—you know, different terms that all you know more or less uh, talk about the same concept. Um, something that I've been very focused on these past few years, uh, both in in my actual businesses that I've been building, um, and uh, a lot of what I talk about, write about, teach, all that stuff. So yeah, productized services, um, I think of as a very focused. Uh, done for you service, and what makes it a little bit unique from you know just traditional freelancing or consulting um, is the fact that it's super focused on serving one ideal customer, um, or, you know one type of customer, and solving one particular problem for that customer in a very systematic, streamlined way. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of freelancers and consultants who who come from you know the the hourly billing model or, or pricing per project and every project is completely different mm-hmm. and it all relies on themselves to deliver the work. Um, even if they're self-employed as a freelancer, it's still very much like it requires them to be at their computer working or doing whatever the service is. Right. Uh, a, a productized service um, really can be that that bridge to building something larger than yourself. You know, having those systems and processes, and focusing on an ideal customer, uh, that then enables you to actually build a, a team if you want to do that. It enables you to actively market your your service to get in front of more of that ideal customer instead of just you know relying or hoping for referrals to come your way. Um, and and then ultimately, you know, it it, it could position you to then expand into into additional products as well so
0: and it's also something that can enable you to start generating passive income because now it's not all you correct
1: exactly exactly i mean i was in that boat i started as a as like a freelance web designer where i couldn't really take a vacation you know with my family um, without basically taking a pay cut uh and and then it got to a point where I had you know people executing on the systems and processes, you know working with clients. Income is still coming in while we're able to, and we've taken quite a few vacations in the last couple of years, so it's been nice.
0: That's really cool. Okay, so let's let's do you mind if I give you just a scenario of a person who might be freelancing and how you might be able to help us wrap our head around, okay, well, that journey from, okay, full-time billing uh, per client, client meetings and such to a more productized kind of situation? Yeah. Great. Okay. So let's say for example, that, um, I am a freelance, um, writer and I help, uh, I help people create blog articles and I help people, um, just make sure that they're getting the right content on their, on their blogs. That's obviously something where I could get people to, um, pay me for that. But if I don't write, then, then nothing happens. I don't make any money. How might I build that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that example is definitely one that I know a thing or two about since my, my I mean, my, my main company right now, Audience Ops, uh, is a blog content
0: product oh, service basically. <laughs> um, and we have a new. team that, that wasn't there the last time we talked.
1: Uh, that's right. I launched that. I guess it was a little bit less than three years ago is when I started it. So, um, I sold my, my previous company, which was uh, restaurant engine, and then, um, started up Audience Ops, uh, as like the content, done for you service basically Oh, sweet. Um, uh, the uh, but yeah i mean you know i and i talk to obviously a lot of writers i there are many on my team and everything and and um you know what a lot of freelancers whether you're a writer or a designer or illustrator whatever you do accountant you know yeah. uh, all these different fields but definitely certainly for writers is is you're probably writing a lot of different stuff for a lot of different types of clients. So a writer might might get hired to write blog posts, write social media, write web page copy, um, write in in print magazines. because totally. you know?
0: when you're um, writing it and, and you're just starting out, you're going to say yes to everything, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, and if you it, really, the first step before doing anything is to start to just become a lot more focused and, and I mean really that's a change in mindset right because technically writer you know a professional writer can write for all those things like you have that skill set mm-hmm. um, but you have to be willing to basically you know set aside half or even more than half of, of all that opportunity to really become a specialist in one particular area whether it's blog article writing or social media writing um, but then within that to focus in on doing that for a, a highly uh, specific, type of customer and really understand exactly how that customer values that type of service, like what it actually means to them or their business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then you can really kind of resonate with them on that level.
0: So, I mean, and you went through this too, when, when, when you were doing just web design for everybody, then you started to do web design for restaurants, right? Which became restaurant engine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I used to do websites for universities and doctors and lawyers and Portfolios and blogs and all of it, e-commerce, um, and and my, I, I didn't exactly call it a productized service back then or think of it in that way. But I remember my thought being, well, if I continue to serve everybody, then I can't streamline this and I can't start to hire people and I can't start to really even market this thing. Um, so my first thought was, okay, how how do I make it so that every project I do is basically the same. Like the, the websites that I build follow the same set of features. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way to do that is to make sure that we're doing them for the same type of customer, like a restaurant. Well, they all need menus and they all need photos and right. hours and that sort of stuff. So um, that's what kind of like led me down that path of focusing in. And then of course that that led to really streamlining the systems and processes to uh, to be able to remove myself
0: I love that. This is this is I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, you know, niching down, you know, the riches are in the niches. And although you're serving or you, you, you close out the number of types of people you can serve, that's actually a good thing, because then like Brian was just saying, you could specialize and become the go to person. And I would imagine, Brian, that when you serve that audience, well, um, they would likely share you with other people just like them.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, first of all, they know more people just like them because they're in those networks. Um, even more than that is when they come ac- when they're exposed to your website or your offer, or they meet you in person somewhere, and. And and you're, the the thing that you offer speaks directly to them. It 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 really gets inside their their pain points and the solution. And they're just nodding their head. It's it's like they're, you're reading their mind because in many ways you are reading their mind because you know so that that ideal customer so well. It becomes so much easier uh, for them to trust you and 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 trust that you've done this before and and you know ultimately buy your service.
0: Yeah, love that. Uh, now, make sure you check out Brian's website, productizeandscale.com. we got some goodies over over there for you guys, productizeandscale.com slash SPI. Um, but let's, let's take, for example, this writing example that I was uh, giving you earlier. So I'm a writer, and I'm, I've just been struggling to, to just say yes to everybody, right? And because of that, I don't have a lot of time else to do other things. So um, I'm going to niche down. I'm going to follow your advice, and perhaps the writing that I do, uh, the type of, the specialization of the type will, would be show notes for podcasts and the um, niche would be for fitness web, fitness podcasters just because I know there's a lot of them out there so I could potentially target fitness podcasters and offer my services to create some really highly valuable show notes in a way that can help them perhaps get more clients or something like that. Is is that along the lines of kind of what you're what you're saying here
1: yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fantastic. And you know, it's 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 then really easy to find fitness podcasters. I mean, they're literally like listed on the internet to to go find them. Yeah. Um, and you can go network that with them and go to the events and and participate in those communities. And yeah, absolutely.
0: So then, okay, I find these people, but I'm still serving them individually, and it still requires my time. How do I start to quote remove myself a little bit from offering now this? particular service to these particular people
1: yeah so you know first uh, just a little exercise that I like to think about is um, it, you know just imagine for a second if one of one of those your, your ideal client comes to you and they say you know I really need help with uh, you know making my, my podcast more engaging and I, and I'm not really sure exactly what I need and budget isn't isn't really a huge issue for me why don't you tell me what you think I need I mean that's like the dream scenario for most freelancers and consultants right because right. Most of the time, clients are saying, "I want exactly this, and I want my logo to be bigger and blah, blah blah. But um, you know if if they're just giving you that freedom to make your best professional recommendation for for what could you know improve their business or solve that particular problem, what would that be? And that's a really good way for you to start to put together your best solution. And start to build that package of what your business offers for for a, a streamlined packaged solution that you can then figure out, you know, what what is an ideal price point for that um, without necessarily billing by the hour, but just a, an easy easy to purchase, easy to understand. Okay, it's got everything that I need. Um, just you know, able to purchase it just like a product you would off of like Amazon.
0: Yeah, I like that because for the person you're serving, it's almost like just a menu of stuff versus what it is when you are freelancing, it's like a conversation and perhaps multiple calls to try and figure things out. I mean, I remember architecture days where, and maybe this is a poor example, but you know, when you work with a client who's just building something custom from the ground up, I mean, there is so much conversation needed to help that person just extract what it is that they really want, and they often don't even know what they really want. Versus um, something like, you know, I used to work uh, in the restaurant industry in architecture. If P.F. Chang's came to us, I actually helped design a few P.F. Chang's restaurants in the U.S., and they're like, hey, we need to create a freestanding building in um, you know, Spokane, Washington. Uh, do it. Well, guess yeah. what? We've already done a freestanding P.F. Chang's before, so we have those blueprints. Now we just have to fit it into that uh, particular space and follow those that city's particular codes, but it's basically already done.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Just kind of following the template, maybe having a couple of like configurable options, but that's that's basically it. Um, and you can have you can make sure that your costs are really predictable, uh, whether that's cost in in terms of your time or the cost of, of hiring people to deliver the work for you. Um, you can really make all that stuff very predictable. And at the end of the day, it saves. You a lot of the time and headache and, and really wasted time because you know a number of those people won't buy and you might spend all this time doing discovery and proposals. Mm-hmm. But for the client it, too, it's it's a lot easier for them to to buy. It's an easier buying experience because you know when they're hiring a freelancer, they have to kind of negotiate over how many hours is this going to take? Okay, how much how much are you billing by the hour? What really they just want to know what what is the bottom line and how long it's going to take and and uh, and when it's all laid out there for them, it just makes it, uh, just a, an easier experience on both sides.
0: Love it. Okay. So I'm, I'm serving this fitness space now and I'm doing show notes and other kinds of things for them. I, I just have this amazing list of, of a menu of items that they can purchase, but it's, it's still me. I want to hire a team. How, how do you recommend we start to build out our team to help fulfill these, these requests from our, from our clients and customers?
1: Yeah. You know, this is really that area where it gets, I mean, there's a fear there. I I definitely felt it for for a long time. Oh, I still kind of do, <laughs> uh, you know, um, j- you know, the fear of of hiring, and I mean, it's a financial responsibility, but it's also you know becoming a manager for the first time if you you know haven't done that before. Um, I mean, nobody really knows uh, how to how to be a manager until you start, um, you know, working with with teammates. Um, uh, you know, my. Uh, you know, having having hired a, a lot of people over the last couple of years, um, my advice uh, is first to, you know, first really uh, streamline your systems and processes before you uh, put people in, into those roles, because I have made the mistake of, of hiring like an assistant when I'm just super busy and I have a lot of projects going on and a lot on my calendar, but none of that is recurring. None of that is repeatable. Um, it's not systematic. So I could have my assistant do something one day, but then once it's done, I then have to scramble to to get that person to do, to, to give that person something else to do. Whereas if I have a system and process that I know always happens week after week, whether it's like a new client onboarding process or an invoicing process mm-hmm. or something like that, um, then it's just that it's that new person's responsibility to just do that every week. When I don't have anything else for you to do, you can do that. Um, So that, so, you know, really make, making sure that you have at least a few recurring processes that are ready to delegate um, when you bring on uh, those first couple of people is key. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, don't, jump directly into hiring you know full-time employees there's almost never a need for that right away for your first people you can start with part-time contractors hire other freelancers um, uh, assistants virtual assistants hire remotely um, these are all things that i that i i've, I've really um, had uh, pretty good success with uh you know when i'm not tied down to like my my own area code here and mm. um and that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I would say just kind of ease into it with, uh, you know, with, with part timers, and, and just ramp it up from there.
0: How do you know what to? Actually, first of all, are you using any tools to help people you hire understand what these systems and processes are?
1: Yeah. So, um, a lot of our, really, all of our systems and processes have been documented in, in Google Docs. With uh, right now in my in my audience ops business, uh, which is that content. Uh, blog writing service, and we're you know we're basically processing. Uh, it's got to be over fifty blog articles a, a week for clients at this point. Mm. Um, so you know, having a production line like that, we we really need a, a really uh, tight system and, and, and process. So we have everything documented in Google Docs, something like eighty plus different procedures in there, um, and then I mean, actually the software that we started building and, and, and we've been using the past year, we started to really, uh, optimize our process and build a, a content calendar software with recurring processes built into it that adapt to our content production schedule, um, as, as things move along. And we, we literally built the software to support that sort of process. So that's cool. Well,
0: we, we'll talk more about software in just a little bit. Cause I know you now have a foot in that realm as well, um, but going back to having people do some work for you, I think a big struggle that a lot of freelancers and consultants and people might have would be: well, I don't want to let anybody else do those things because that's that's my thing. It's my it's my business, and nobody can do it in the way that I can do it or as well as I can. Um, how would you respond to somebody who's really hesitant because they just want to do everything themselves?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, first of all, there are plenty of people doing what's kind of become known as productized consulting, where where you still are doing the the core craft that you that you think you're you're best to do that you enjoy doing, and you've optimized and systematized, streamlined all the other stuff to 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 free yourself up more to do that work. Mm-hmm. So that's perfectly a viable way to go. Um, but you know, if you do have that. That uh, drive to kind of you know grow something beyond yourself and grow it to a point that gives you more freedom so that the business continues to run and and earn income and earn a value when you're not necessarily there or even to a point where you could potentially sell the business to someone um, even if that's not your intention it's good to build it that way um, uh, it is it is important to start to embrace the idea of delegating even if you're the expert so like one way that you can do that is to use your expertise to build like the methodology or the, or the core strategy that your business delivers for clients. But then that strategy can, can follow a process. I mean, for example, in, in, in my blog content service, every article that we deliver to clients is completely unique. It's, it's a hundred percent like original content for each individual client. Um, but, it it still follows the same creative process we go through the same process to to plan and research topics to, um, to through the drafting process through the copy editing process through the seo optimization um to the promotion with social media like we we have a, a specific process that i i largely drove early on to to come up with that strategy Um, but then I hired specific people to execute on, on the pieces. So we have writers who, who draft the articles. We have copy editors who do the editing. We have virtual assistants who set up and optimize the WordPress blog post and and so on and and managers who handle the, the client communication. So every one of those pieces has been delegated out and, and kind of broken up into a process.
0: That's cool. I like, I like that a lot. Um, it almost reminds me of like Dave Ramsey, right? Dave Ramsey, He's he's the guy. He's he's the personality. He has this system of helping people um become debt free and stay debt free. Yet he has hundreds if not thousands of people around the country who are certified under Dave Ramsey to teach his exact method. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why not become the expert that teaches others how to teach what you do or execute what you, what it is that your expertise is? I I really like that that framing. Um, So software, so it's interesting because we have you in episode 158. It'll actually be interesting for people to go back and listen to to that and how far you've progressed since then because a lot has happened since that show. You have this new business uh, helping people create content which is great. Um, Productizeandscale.com is is new to me, slash SPI. Uh, What it was before was another productized based website but now you're also getting into software. Tell me about why, why software at this point?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I guess at, when we last talked three years ago, I think that was maybe right around the time or right before uh, I sold my previous business restaurant engine, which was that productized web design service. Mm-hmm. Um, so soon after that, I sold that business and I was trying to figure out, okay, what should I work on next? Um, and my next thought was, you know, I, I would love to start a software company, like a SaaS software as a service, right? And I was looking at that, and I was like, you know, I've got a couple of ideas. I'm not sure about them, but either way, it, it would it it would cost so much, and I would need so much runway to get a new uh, SaaS pro- software product off the ground. Um, you know, we're talking six to twelve months just to get a version one built before we could even get paying customers on it. Even if we did some pre-sales, um, it's still just a long road and investment, and, and that just didn't seem viable to me. So instead, I started uh, Audience Ops, the the content service, and that was able to get up and running with revenue within thirty days, um, and grew ac- extremely fast, especially revenue-wise, because it, it you know it's a higher-priced productized service. So. So Wait, I, really I, quick.
0: How did you how are you able to monetize that so quickly? Uh,
1: well, because it, it is a done for you service, so we don't have to build any custom software um in order to to deliver the service. So right. I but I how mean my very
0: first is what I'm trying to like. Yeah. How, how, do you, how how did people even know this was now something that you, you could offer?
1: yeah so I mean, my first step was just to uh, send an email to warm contacts, like friends, um, maybe thirty or forty people that i that I knew, other entrepreneurs, founders, um, who uh, would either resonate with the concept themselves or know somebody who would cool. and and I think out of those thirty or forty emails that I sent that probably resulted in like five or ten conversations, which then resulted in the first three paying customers in the first uh, two to four weeks
0: there. That's awesome, so um, you went through like a little validation process there oh
1: absolutely and and with the with the service, you know again, you don't have to build anything custom. it's you can literally start selling it from from that very beginning. I mean, we didn't have all of our systems and processes built out yet we We kind of built those out as we went along mm-hmm. um and built out the team as we went along. but um but yeah, I mean that, that that's the nice thing about the productized service route is that you can get uh a, a revenue generating business off the ground quickly. But, you know, fast forward uh, a year or two in uh, up, this takes us up into about a year ago now. Mm. Um, now, now I'm much better positioned to grow into that software product, right? Because now I have a, a profitable business that largely runs without me day to day. I'm freed up to focus on something, and I can reinvest that profit into hiring developers to build a software product. But then the question is, okay, well, what is the software product? Okay. And and that literally came straight out of the productized service the the content service i mean having gone deeply into the process of publishing content on on a regular weekly basis um you know it you, you start to notice all these little gaps. You're, you're stringing together like six different tools and it's really inefficient and things are falling through the cracks and, um, and, and you have a specific process that, that can be automated. So uh, we saw a need for a, a streamlined content calendar, um, which enables us to basically sync with WordPress um, and and schedule out our social media and schedule a, a production checklist all built around the calendar so that if you have something that's scheduled to publish, let's say, on May 1st, um, you know that that article will have multiple due dates prior to that, like the draft is due and then copy editing is due and then the blog post is due. But if something, if you drag something around the calendar, then all those due dates should shift with it. Um, and then the same thing with social media. If you're scheduling socials to promote that new blog post on May first, and then May second, and May fifth, and May twentieth, but then that blog post gets pushed back by a week, you want those social media posts to also move with it in the calendar. And that's kind of the whole concept behind this um, content calendar software, which is called Ops Calendar. Um, and so, you know, in, internally, uh, I started building it. I started. Basically validating it with our own team. Like we started using it first in audience ops, but I also uh, showed it to other people. Again, I went to those warm contacts and I did some cold validation. And uh, before we, before I started heavily investing in into development, um, I had about fourteen people uh, prepay uh, for licenses um, on the on the promise that that software was coming a few months later for them to use. And that that was really like the kickstart to you know, dive into this over the past year.
0: So you had like a super light version that people could play around with a little bit before kind of, uh, you know, committing to buy it and uh, getting the fully developed version later?
1: It, yeah, actually early on, I really just showed them uh, the wireframes and the designs like and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I come from that background as like a, a designer, web web designer and application designer. So um, so I I kind of, put that together and showed them and then laid out kind of the roadmap of what this thing will be. And, uh, and, and that, that led to the pre-sales, which gave me kind of the confidence to, to go out and, and build this as a, as an external product, not just an internal tool.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of going from something like freelancing to just finding, like you said, something that could be automated or done more efficiently. And then just creating that solution. I think, That could open up a lot of possibilities for people, especially the freelancers who are listening right now. However, the big question is, well, how do I even develop this thing? I'm not a developer. How do I do this now? I know the answer because I've done some development work, not myself, but for my brand. Um, But how might a person start that process of, okay, like how do I, like when it comes to software, if a person has a software idea, like where do you even start to, to turn that into a real thing?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and I kind of, I, I had a hard time with this too. I mean, I, I have a, I'm like a kind of technical co-founder where it's like, I you know, I come from like a design and front end standpoint, so I can design the usability of the app, but I can't build a functional backend application myself. So, um, so I, I did have to hire developers. I, I, I continue to I have a small development team. Um, where did you find up? Yeah, I hired them through Upwork. Um, Upwork cool. Yeah, so uh, it Yeah, it's been it's been working out um really well. It it certainly took some trial and error. There there you know, I have to I've gone through the process of hiring people, giving them a small test project um and really what I'm testing aside from the fact aside from seeing if they can execute on the project, really I I'm mostly looking for their communication skill. Like can they can they follow direction? Can they ask uh relevant questions um do they deliver on time are they keeping me updated along the way Um, things like that uh really help Mm -hmm. that's
0: great um what were some of the biggest struggles when it came to the software that that you were building
1: yeah so um for me as a (laughs) I'm sure every founder deals with this. We're, we're all super anxious to get this thing built and out the door. Uh, if you expect it to take three months, it will take six months. <laughs> if you expect it to take six months, it'll take 12 months. Um, you know, you just have to double those expectations. It, it just, software development is so much slower uh, than you than you think it'll take. And that's that's really frustrating to deal with, especially when, you know, I had, customers who've paid for it, and they're waiting for a product to come out. And I have other people who are interested on an early access list. And I'm, I'm itching to get this thing out and start kind of marketing it and, and using it myself. Um, But, you know, feature by feature, you have to get them right. And you have to test everything and build something and then rebuild something. And, you know, those things take time.
0: Totally, but I like again the idea of software. It's very scalable. Obviously, once you have it built out, you can get people in there, and then it, then you can really focus on just the marketing of it uh, and the improvement of it too. That's, so yeah, that's that's huge when it comes to pricing a software. Where 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 did you learn how to how to figure out how to do that? Because that's completely different than you know freelancing or, or any of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's really that's really a tough one. Um, I'm still kind of experimenting with pricing a bit on on the software. Um, in that particular space, I looked at, I looked at competitors. I looked at kind of the value, um, who are we selling it to? Are we selling it to teams versus solo people? Um, there are different price tiers for those. Um, I've been kicking around, a, a, uh, the idea of a freemium, you know, like a free plan versus a, you know, just a free trial. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've kind of experimented with a few different price points there, but, um, uh it's you know it's still pretty early on. Like we have some customers on it right now, but it's uh it, it it's it's really a process
0: of experimentation. That's cool, man. Well, I love to see that you're kind of continuing to experiment and move on to the next phases. I and I think it's really inspiring for all of us to hear. So, man, this is this is great. A lot of good information and I'll make sure to link to episode 158 cuz we went uh even deeper into productization back then, but obviously this is like okay, next steps. So, super cool brian any final words of advice for um let's let's speak to the freelancers out there who are getting you know a little overwhelmed with the the work and there's obviously a limit to the upside there how can you or how can how can we help them just frame their mind in a way where they can start to begin to think about okay let's see what we can do to remove myself a little bit from this
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, really, I was there a few years back. I was, I was feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm a freelancer. I'm self employed, and I'm kind of paying the bills, and this is okay. But is this it? I, I've always had that question. Like, how am I going to grow beyond myself? Um, and there are ways to do it. it. You know, it, it, it feel. You can sometimes feel like you're, you're, like you're trapped in in the service that you're offering with with clients. Um, but if you start to think. Uh, like a true business owner, and think in terms of systems and and an ideal target customer and uh, and and what this would look like if there was a team working under you. Obviously, that doesn't happen overnight. Um, but if you start to work in that systems mindset, um, you know there, it it really is possible to kind of gradually uh, move in that direction. I mean, in my experience, the productized service route, if you're coming from the freelancing consulting uh, model, that really is the fastest, easiest kind of next step, or the bridge to then position yourself to to you know grow into something something uh, something larger. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. And, and, uh, and I also love the idea for people who don't have any business yet, or who are looking to start something on the side. I think, and I, I always say this: freelancing is probably the, the easiest way to get started because you can get paid sooner for skills that you have that other people uh, want. Um, but when you approach that with productization in mind you could you could you know yes it's going to be very active at first i don't think you know nothing starts in the passive realm but you can get there a lot quicker by just understanding what what brian's been talking about today as you approach your new freelancing um you know jobs in the the future so uh dude super cool thank you again brian hey where can people find out more info from you yeah. So, um, you know, this was awesome, Pat. Thanks again for having me of on. Course. Um,
1: so yeah, I mean, productizeandscale.com. That's, that's my site. That's where I, you know, write my newsletter, my articles. I have a podcast there as well, Productize productized podcast. Um, uh, but I did put together, uh, you know, I get these questions all the time about productized services. Uh, so I wrote, uh, literally just today, I, I wrote up a new, um, kind of document, uh, to answer some of those and how they apply here in 2018 and, and beyond. Um, that's just for the SPI audience. So if you go to com slash SPI, that's where you can you can grab that.
0: Cool, man. Hey, thanks, Brian. And we appreciate you and best of luck. Yeah, thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Castle. Again, you can find him at productizeandscale.com, productize podcast, and make sure you check out that link. He's just made this stuff just for you. com slash SPI. Obviously, the links are always gonna be available on the website, on the show notes, which you can go to at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 314. Just gonna make it easy for you. Smartpassiveincome.com slash session 314. And by the way, just Brian, I know you listen to the show as well. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. I hope everybody uh, just enjoyed Brian and what he had to offer because I I learned a lot through that process too. So thank you so much. And I appreciate you all listening in. If you haven't clicked subscribe to get the show automatically delivered to you the next time it comes out, which is gonna be next week, every single Wednesday on the dot. This stuff comes out to help you build and scale and automate your business so that you can turn it into something that's more passive, not not passive forever. That's that's not possible. There's no such thing as 100% passive income, but you can create things that can help you by building systems and automation so that your business can run on on its own. And you can take that time off. You can take those mini retirements. You can take those weeks off so that you can do what it is that you love. That's what we're all about. So hey guys, thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate you. Make sure you hit subscribe. All right guys, you've heard me talk about ConvertKit quite a bit uh, over the last few weeks here in sort of the sponsorship spot of the episode. Um, They aren't a sponsor of this podcast. I just wanna support them because they're such a great tool. Also, I'm an affiliate for the company and an advisor for the company as well. So, although this is normally a spot where a sponsor would go, where they kind of pay you a fee to be on the show, I just want to i just want to give you my link, which will give you access to a 45-day free trial to ConvertKit. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit45, that'll give you access to this tool that you can try out for 45 days to build your email list if you're coming from you know, something like MailChimp or Aweber or a different one. I mean, honestly, I came from Aweber, I went to Infusionsoft, then I got involved with ConvertKit and I haven't looked back since because it's just such an amazing, easy to use tool. A lot of you I know are are, are not so tech savvy and if you know you need to build an email list, this is the tool to use because it's very simple to do, it's not overwhelming and the customer support is top notch. They are there to support you. They educate us subscribers of the application to get better at what we do with email service and uh, and providing emails to our audience. It's so incredible. The, just This is how every company should be built. And so if you want to check it out and get involved with the 45-day free trial, which is only available through me, you can check it out through my affiliate link if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit45, you're going to love it. If you have any questions about that, you let me know because I'm here to serve you and help you. And I almost feel like this is... uh my own product because it's just exactly how I would build it and I know it'll serve you too so thank you and uh, as we mentioned the last couple weeks if you want to start a podcast of your own actually just like this one it's going to be very easy all you have to do is go to howtostartapodcast.com that's my free three day tutorial it'll walk you through the process step by step so you can get a show up and running on iTunes and it's that easy so howtostartapodcast.com thank you so much I appreciate you and I'll see you in the next episode bye